Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician and so are you. Welcome to another episode of the Entree Musician Podcast. This is the space where we concentrate on the mindset, discipline, and focus of the Entree Musician. And today we have an exciting episode for you. Let me tell you, today we tap into the uh, most recent archives of our Entree Musician interviews and we hit the three-time Grammy Award winner, Mr. Gary Hines, the founder and director of The Sounds of Blackness. And this was a great conversation with Mr. Hines. If you don't know anything about The Sounds of Blackness, uh, you will find out as the interview ensues because Gary and this dynamic band, this dynamic project, this dynamic choir uh, has recorded and performed with practically everybody from Stevie Wonder to Prince to Quincy Jones to Dolly Parton to Sting to Lyle Lovett. I mean, Elton John and on and on. I won't drop all the names here because uh, those artists will be mentioned uh, within the interview. So you are going to enjoy this. This is one conversation which has received a lot of engagement on our social media pages, on YouTube, as well as on Facebook. So lean in. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to laugh a lot. This was a great conversation with Mr. Gary Hines. So here we go. Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Gary B. I am the entree musician and so are you. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2020. Boy, do I have an interview for you and you and you. None other than the iconic Mr. Gary Hines, music director and producer of the three-time Grammy-winning explosion we all know as Sounds of Blackness. We're going to talk about all things entree musicians, how he has done it, how Sounds of Blackness has maintained their legacy through so many years and more. But first we gotta do this. As you know, all of our podcasts, our channels, our websites are sponsored by the wonderful people at Vocal. Vocal is the only beverage on the planet which is designed to soothe, refresh, and restore your voice. You talk all day like I sometimes do, or you sing all night like the members of Sounds of Blackness, you got to get yourself some vocal. Go to drinkvocal.com to learn more. Man, am I blessed and highly favored to have this gentleman sitting here to my left, Mr. Gary Hines. Many blessings to you, sir. The blessing is all mine, my brother. Thank you so much on behalf of your brothers and sisters, the Sounds of Blackness. Man, oh boy, oh boy. I got to tell you, I have been a fan of Sounds of Blackness since its inception, or until I did a little bit more research. I was only four years old. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have done extraordinary things. Let me give just a little bit more context for people who do not know of your history. I mean, obviously, uh, your band, Sounds of Blackness, this project has performed and toured with Quincy Jones, and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Prince and Usher, Stevie, Michael, Aretha, Elton John, Johnny Gill, Patti LaBelle, 
Dolly Parton, and on and on and on. You performed nationally, internationally, and like I said, three Grammy Awards winning, done countless workshops. You are what we call the entre uh, uh, the ultimate entree musician. My God, brother. <laughs> Bless you, brother. So, so let me ask this question. I, I want to begin this from the end, okay? So we're going to switch. Okay. I'm, I'm going to ask you, how would you like, with all of the accolades and accomplishments of Sounds of Blackness, how would you like your music to be remembered? As embodying the music of a culture and a people. We say as Sounds of Blackness, and we have said from day one, Brother Jerry B, that uh, Sounds of Blackness brings the music of the African-American experience to people of all backgrounds with messages of inspiration. And so we, we seek to glorify God through, uh, by uplifting people through African-American music. So and we had to try to reduce, reduce it to one sound bite or sentence. That's it, to glorify God by uplifting people through black music. Man, you have absolutely done it. And let me, let me ask you this, in your quest and on this journey, this great journey of Sounds of Blackness, what is the most important lesson that you would give a new artist who is starting out today? I would say to be true to your craft, uh, be true to yourself. Um, you know, the, the industry, there's a lot of great things about the industry. There's some not so great things about the, the music industry. Uh, one of the not so great things is a tendency to uh, mold and shape you to something other than what you actually are. Uh, you know, it's just it's just in the the uh, makeup of the industry, and I think even in the history and the legacy of the industry to try to do that with artists uh, yeah. and shape whatever the current mold is, kind of thing, as opposed to what they really are. So, uh, in the words of the old adage, to thine own self be true. Absolutely. Now, is this the same lesson you learned? And if so, at what point in the career did you begin to learn this lesson that is the first point of advice you'd give to a new artist? Well, I pass that on from my beloved longtime brothers and friends, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Uh, our interaction and friendship, uh, Brother Jerry, uh, uh, really goes way beyond uh, our recording. Uh, our families go back. Uh, I'm a native of Yonkers, New York, so shout out to the East Coast. But when I say that to say, uh, ever since uh, our family moved to Minneapolis here uh, from Yonkers, um, just one of the first families that we interacted with were, uh, you know, the families of Jam and Lewis. Uh, both of their families had musicians. And of course, uh, my mom, the late great Doris Hines, was a great jazz singer. So there, there's a lot of way back history with that. But I wow. say that to say this in terms of what you asked me. When Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis signed Sounds of Blackness as the first artist to their uh, Perspective Records label, and that was such and still is such an honor for us. Absolutely. The first thing they said was, Doc, that's a nickname for me, said, Doc, don't change. We want to present you to the world just the way you are. And they knew who and what Sounds of Blackness was, again, because we go back to the 70s, brother. I'll just put it out there. Yeah. Uh, back before, before uh, the time was the time it was known as Flight Time, which, of course, is, is the name of their publishing company. Right. Uh, and Sounds of Blackness and Flight Time would perform many times together here in Minneapolis. So we knew each other's music. They're familiar. So when they said, don't change, they knew what they were talking about. They knew who they had signed. Wow. 
that's yeah. that's absolutely excellent. Can you can you go a little bit more into the history of Sounds of Blackness? I believe the project started in 1969, actually, right? Yes, yes, yes. The foundation for Sounds of Blackness began in 1969 at my alma mater, uh, McAllister College. A shout out to McAllister here in the Twin Cities. And uh, our emeritus founder, uh, shout out to Brother Russell Knight, the native of Beaumont, Texas. Uh, what happened very quickly, brother, is McAllister College, you know, a predominantly white, you know, private uh, college here in the Twin Cities, um, in the late 60s embarked on a very ambitious program to recruit uh, students of color. And that was called EEOC, Expanded Educational Opportunities. And they were very successful with that. At one time, on, on a campus of about 1,500, there were almost 200 black students. And, and one of the offshoots of that was that the students uh, uh, organized a number of uh, groups on their own. There was a, a, a theater group called Black Arts Midwest, uh, which still exists. Uh, there was a political group called BLAC, the Black Liberation Affairs Committee, which also still exists. And there was this 50-voice uh, choir called the McAllister Black Voices uh, under the direction, as I say, of Brother Russell Knight. Uh, fast forward to January of 1971, um, their musician uh, transferred to another school and they asked yours truly uh, to come on as director. And I, I was honored to do that because even back then they were very excellent, you know, singing uh, freedom songs and some spirituals and gospel and, and you know, all that, the, the consciousness music of the time to be yeah. young, gifted and black and all of that. Yeah. Uh, but the vision that the, the, the good Lord gave me, brother, um, with this excellent uh, ensemble was to carry on the tradition of people like Duke Ellington. Uh, now we hear the name Duke Ellington and we think of jazz and we should, but Duke Ellington would be the first to say, uh, I do the music of my people. Uh, so many don't know that Duke uh, recorded and composed uh, and performed spirituals, uh, gospel. He did four sacred recordings, um, blues. So he did the music of the culture. And so that's the vision that the good Lord gave me for this ensemble. And that was the reason for and the meaning of the name Sounds of Blackness. Uh, every sound of the black experience, jazz, blues, hip hop, rock, R&B, spirituals, reggae, ragtime, gospel, all of those are the sounds of blackness. And that's who we were then and that's who we are now. Uh, you, you said it so well. I mean, because the, the, the beautiful thing about keeping your culture, the beautiful thing about maintaining your integrity and the truth of who you are is once you are centered in that, it becomes universal to all because the yeah. sounds of blackness being the core, it didn't remain in the black experience or even though your fan base right. primarily was foundationally black, you've worked with Dolly Parton, you've yeah. worked with Sting, but tell yeah. me about some of those experiences and how they've grown to appreciate the legacy of the Sounds of Blackness. Um, it's just absolutely amazing, especially those two artists that you mentioned and others as well, um, especially from uh, the uh, country genre, Lyle Lovett, um, yeah. you know, Finn Hill, it goes on. And you know what? Um, it comes down to what the great Stevie Wonder said, and that music is the universal language. It is. Um, and, and those... <sighs> The people that you mentioned, brother, are just consummate artists. They're musicians. And so they get it in terms of the universality of music uh, and the universal language. And they, they knew what Sounds of Blackness were about. Many of your, your listeners may or may not know Dolly Parton is, is a, an amazing songwriter as yeah. well as, you know, performer, you know, musician, singer, actress, all those kind of things. Um, so uh, 
of course you wrote, you know, and, and uh, I will always love you. And in case people know that's a huge hit. Yeah. Uh, and she had uh, written a song for Sounds of Blackness as well. And we've been blessed to perform with her on a couple of occasions um, uh, as well. Um, you mentioned Sting. Sting uh, came here when he was working on the soundtrack for the movie uh, Demolition Man. And, uh, you know, he was working on the title track and uh, recorded it here at Paisley Park uh, with our longtime friends, pr uh, friend Prince. And we have to talk about him. Absolutely. Know, right. Um, yeah. We were out at Paisley and, and uh, they, you know, he, he called on Sounds of Blackness you know, to, to lend the vocals to uh, that, that title track, Demolition Man. And uh, because they knew, again, what we were about. And, and it was just artist to artist. And what comes from the heart reaches the heart. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Yes. How do you maintain such a perfect balance of all of the genres that you blend into a sound of, of Blackness groove? How, how do you do that? That's, that's beautiful. It's, I mean, Quincy Jones probably comes very close, Stevie, of course, but just to have the multicultural genre that you have, uh, the approach, how do you maintain that balance? Oh, bless you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you all. You all the love, man. And, and uh, what you just said. Uh, well, by the grace of God and by by the uh, guidance of his spirit, first and foremost. And, uh, you know, the the the, the legacy uh, of the ancestors really uh, guides that as well. Uh, it's in the culture, uh, just starting with uh, the motherland, Africa, you know, that birthed all of this. Yeah. Um, this music and, and of course, our culture kind of thing. But keeping that that foundation and uh, that perspective, um, speaking of perspective, uh, with, with our music and with our culture, and that knowing that even, uh, I talked to my, my, my younger brothers in terms of hip hop, um, and you know, our take on it is of course a current take, and you know, and going all the way back, you know, uh, to, to New York and all that kind of thing. But the whole um, idiom of, of word and rhyme to rhythm and drum is actually eons old. That goes back to the motherland. So all it's it's all there so we, we keep that that perspective to answer your question my brother that yes. we are uh an african people you know you can you can take the african out of africa but you can't take the africa out of the african and so you know so the the rhythm of the drum uh and and the, the polyrhythms and syncopations uh and blue tonalities of, of africa still uh were never lost even throughout the transatlantic slave trade uh one of the great stories in history not only was it not lost but we, we persevered with it and actually succeeded with it uh, as a survival mechanism. So with that perspective, you have to give balance to all the music. I tell some of my gospel people some of the time that, that, that uh, some of whom um, have a problem with, with the blues or hip hop or R&B, I tell them, you know what? You can't appreciate, you cannot appreciate the glory hallelujah of the gospel without the pain of the blues sure. and without the history and complexity of the spirituals and the work songs, because they're all part of the same family. Absolutely. In fact, I'll, I'll just say it right here. I think that uh, you, Mr. Hines, as well as the Sounds of Blackness, I do believe in my heart because I was raised in the church, you know, church drummer from, you know, little guy. <laughs> but I, yeah. I do believe that you and Sounds of Blackness are the answer to what Walter Hawkins, Andre, James Cleveland were trying to do, but it was too taboo back then. Right. And I think, <laughs> you know, you couldn't really, you couldn't really roll with that. There were some times, and, and I'm here in uh, Northeast Ohio, in this area before 
1973, 1974, it was even taboo to have drums in the church. How about that? You, you know what I mean? And so the bass and, you know, bringing those contemporary rhythms, and you saw Walter Hopkins, you saw James Cleveland pushing that ever more and more until we got the Fred Hammonds and the commissioned and the Winans and whatnot. Right. But you said something, too, that I want to kind of, uh, look at because you mentioned the hip hop, which uh, you know I, I agree the rhythm of the drum, but sounds of blackness in your most iconic time or uh, when you were at your most popular hip hop was kind of the antithesis of what black life should be, and so your music being encouraging, uplifting, uplifting the human spirit, we were seeing a lot of things going on in hip hop, right? Anti black pro life. If you understand mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say, I, I do, do. I do feel that music is spirit, and so could you just could you can can you dig in a little deeper on that? Because all of your songs were uplifting, were uplifting the spirit, were encouraging, were making sure that if someone was depressed, hey, don't worry about that. Be optimistic. Be encouraged. Yes. Could you can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. You know, um, and. At the time, that, as you mentioned and allude to, my brother, um, there was so much negativity on the airwaves and, and, and so many people tell us that optimistic was literally like a breath of fresh air um, in terms of some positivity and motivation and inspiration, you know, for the people and for all people, really. And right. that was very deliberate. Um, you know, but we always have reached out um, to uh, our brothers and sisters uh, and worked with them uh, in the hip hop community. We've, we've, we've been blessed to collaborate with Salt and Pepper. Uh, yeah. Shout out to them. Uh, and Spinderella, we didn't forget you, baby. Right. Um, <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Uh, we, we've recorded with and performed with them uh, with Craig Mack, uh, which surprised us mm -hmm. a lot Spirit. of people because, you know, Craig. Right, why with spirit? Because, yeah. you know, as you know, Craig, rest his soul, you know, we just lost him a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, Craig at the time was coming pretty hard, you know, and I, I know you remember. Sure, so, absolutely. You know, people weren't so much surprised at, at uh, Sounds of Blackness, uh, you know, doing a hip-hop, a track with hip-hop, with hip-hop artists. But with Craig Mack, they said, man, he, he, you know, he's straight up streets like, yeah, but no, that's what it's all about. You know, scripture yeah. says to go into the highways and hedges, that's you know, right. so it's about the street. That's right. And, and that's yeah. beautiful. I knew, I knew we had to get together. <laughs> I knew oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you already know. That, that's absolutely on point. So when we talk about balance, too, from the standpoint of being this producer, this entree musician, what about the balance of working with so many different personalities within the sounds of blackness? How do you navigate that? Uh, well, again, I, I got a serious answer for you and then a funny answer for you. Uh, <laughs> The serious answer versus why, you know, only by the grace of God and yeah. by the dedication of a lot of great singers and musicians. And I'm glad you met you, you referred to us as a band because so often people just refer to our vocalists, but all that instrumentation you hear on the record, that's no, that's not hired help. That sounds a blackness band. We wow. have a 10 piece orchestra and wow. we always have that, you know, horns and all. Um, now that's the serious answer. The funny answer is this. Um, Speaking of people who we lost, you know, just uh, some years ago, uh, the late, great Roger Troutman. You know, everybody knows Zap. Absolutely. And everybody knows Zap was a really big band. Right. Okay? You know, they, they had like 12, 15, whatever. Right. They so, so 
uh, Roger would, had a, something in common with Prince. He would call at two or three in the morning like it was the middle of the day. And, wow. and, and, and Roger, would, you, Roger would always say your whole name, say, Gary Hines, I got a groove for Sounds of Blackness. You know, all this, just, just real outdoing thing, just uh, call up two, three, uh-oh, my be right. Gary Hines, I've been thinking about this. Kind of so one morning, he called, you know, two or three in the morning, said, oh, Lord, here we go. And he calls me up. Now, this is not think about the question you asked me about in terms of dealing with so many people, right? So he says, Gary Hines, he said, uh, how you doing? I said, brother, I'm all right. He said, I want you to know, Gary Hines, that I've been praying extra hard for you. I said, well, brother, thank you, but, but why is that? He said, because I know what it's like to be in charge of a bunch of Negroes. <laughs> <laughs> I hollered at my apartment at three in the morning. I, you know, I'm sure my neighbors thought I was crazy, but, <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a true story, I promise you. Man, that no, that's that's beautiful. We, you know, we we are just uh, just several miles from Dayton, Ohio, and Roger yeah. Troutman had major zap, major influence over this area. You know, oh, yeah, also yeah. Bootsy Collins. You know, yeah, the yeah, Bootsy That's East Coast funk right there, baby. So you know, yeah, that's yeah, right yeah, in my yeah, backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to Bootsy. We've been blessed, you know, to work with him. You know, one of the things, and I don't want to digress because your question is so excellent, but one of the things that's happened overseas sometimes gets it more than right here at home gets it in terms of crossing genres on the kind of thing. So, you know, we've been on stage, you know, with, with Bootsill and some of the people, Benjamin, overseas, you know, at, where were we at the, um, the um, North Sea Jazz Festival? Uh, it yeah. was, you know, here we are, you know, have have a remember in 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 Holland, you know. Yeah. And it's like, and we're backstage, you know. It's like, oh man, how come we ain't doing this at home? Right. You know, but, <laughs> but but they get it, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. No, we have a very dear friend in um, Carlton uh, J. Smith. You may know Carlton. He has a regens uh, uh, residency in in uh, China, and wow. uh, yeah, yeah. He, He's called Soul Brother Number New. He does his James Brown <laughs> review over there. And he tells me all the time, man, you got to get overseas. You got to get overseas because yep. they understand funk. They understand soul. Yes, and uh, even a lot of the jazz groups, contemporary jazz groups, the first place they hit is the UK before they'll do a date in Seattle. Yeah, how about that? Isn't that you know something? what I mean? It's yeah, amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm already there. Yeah. But speaking in terms of travel and touring, we're talking about balance. What about the expense of taking a 10-piece orchestra plus your vocals uh, and the, the, the mechanics of being on the road with that type of ensemble? Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. Well, what we have and we, we, we needed to have and that, that many uh, ensembles uh, like us also develop, we have a touring group. So that, that's a smaller number. So the touring group is 16. And that's still a lot of bodies to take sure. on the road, but it's not 40 bodies, okay? Right, right. So when we go on the road, we have our, our seven or eight piece band and then eight or nine vocals. So like usually 16 um, is our traveling number. But even logistically with that, you know, that, that it can be a challenge because people think of a band, they think in terms of four or five people, right? Right, um, right. But, but when we go on the road, uh, Brother Jerry V, we... We um, are very self-contained. Um, everything from uh, you know hair, makeup, wardrobe. I mean, on everybody has you know a, a secondary job that they perform on the road. For example, I'm my you know I'm the music director and you know, play keyboards along with our assistant director, uh, brother Billy Steele. 
But my job on the road is road manager. So I call ahead and, you know, check the hotel and the flights and all that kind of so, so because if we didn't do that, then that would mean extra personnel that we, you know, to bring along that we really can't afford to do, that we really need those bodies on stage performing. Absolutely. Well, that's yeah, that's sure. very good. That's the essence of being an entree musician <laughs> because it's not just the music. It is the calling. No, it is up. Uh, you know, it's funny you put it that way because uh, uh, Prince, rest his soul, used to always say, if it was only just the music. Right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Prince, now, did you got yeah. did your connection come uh, through Jim and Lewis, or did you know him prior to Perspective Records, or what? Actually, uh, the latter, brother. Um, you know, that relationship, just like the Jam and Lewis relationship, goes back like 40-plus years. Uh, and, and not long after, again, after, uh, you know, the Hines family, my family moved uh, here to Minneapolis from Yonkers, New York. Um, Prince and I went to the same junior high and high school. I was like four or five years ahead of him. Um, but here's what happened. There's, there's, there's Bryant Junior High School here in Minneapolis. In fact, only about a mile or so from where I'm speaking to you at. Um, and uh, just a few blocks from, from Bryant Junior High School is uh, Central, well, was Central High School. They, they torn it down and remodeled it kind of thing. But the relevance of that is this. Um, there was a lot of interaction, uh, my brother, between the two schools, uh, both their, especially their music and their academic, uh, excuse me, their athletic uh, programs. Uh -huh. And so i never forget my senior year at Central High School, I started hearing rumors about this, this dude down at Bryan Junior High School down the road who was a beast on every instrument, you know? I mean, early, even back then kind of thing, you know, wow. and of course, the uh, rest is history, but um, over the years, we, we uh, were blessed to perform, you know, with Prince, you know, again, just like with Jam and Lewis um, at, at uh, events like the Minneapolis Northside Festival, you know, in the heart of the Northside Black community here, yeah. uh, at the annual Miss Black Minnesota pageant or the annual Urban League dinner. So many times we were very, very, very familiar with each other, uh, rehearsed, performed. Uh, and then when, uh, you know, just like Jam and Lewis, uh, when, when Prince went on to international stardom, he, he never forgot about us. When, when he did the Batman soundtrack, he called in the Sounds of Blackness. You know, we did two of the songs on that. Uh, when he started the Love Sexy Tour, uh, kicked it off here in Minneapolis. You know, we opened it up with him. So uh, many, many projects together. And, but the friendship goes back, like I said, 40 plus years. And uh, it, it, it's still painful and, and almost unrealistic to think, you know, that he's not here. Certainly, certainly. Now, so yeah. uh, he obviously, for stage purposes, for presentation, gave a certain persona. But, you know, I mean, of course, Sheila E.'s book, Morris Day now has a book, you know, they spoke a yeah. lot into his humanness. And I think, I don't know, yeah. I know Jimmy Jam has a show. I don't think Jimmy has wrote a book yet. But can you speak to the mm -hmm. humanness, the prints that we were not, we didn't have so much access to? Okay, absolutely. And there's a few. First of all, uh, the first thing I think that he would probably want me to say, um, the, the, the media, for whatever reason, uh, my brother, tends to, to downplay how Afrocentric he was. Okay, sure. When, sure. He, and when he wrote and recorded the song Baltimore and went there to the rally, you know, after the brother was, was killed by the police. That, I mean, that's where his heart was. That wasn't about publicity or record sales or anything else. He's always been about that. You know, when the in 1967, uh, here in Minneapolis, you know, when, when the riots broke out, I mean, he's been involved uh, in the community uh, or was involved here in the community like forever. So he's always been about the people. He would um, anonymously 
uh, uh, we, we, we know now, send uh, donations to places like uh, some of the charter schools, uh, the Urban League, um, the NAACP, um, just so many other, Seed Academy, so many things here. Um, that, that So he was always about that. So, you know, he, he, he loved all people. Let me be clear. We, we know he loved, but he had a special love for his people um, and, you know, and, and was really about the movement. Um, that, that's number one. Um, on the more personal side, um, you know, he was, he was uh, well, some another people, the, 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 another thing people may not know, he was a great athlete. Yeah, the basketball. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> right, right. You know, one of one of his uh, favorite things, he was an all-city basketball player, you know, despite his height, which, wow. you know, Minneapolis knows that, but a lot of people, like, I know they saw the skit, you know, with Dave right. They thought, was That's that, that just, you know, a comedy? Listen, no, he can really hoop. <laughs> one of his favorite things to do, he had uh, a brother, he had a, you know, a basket, a hoop out at Paisley Park. And, you know, Pais- at Paisley, um, all the time, uh, international uh, 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 actors and, and athletes, you know, the jocks, the superstars would come through, you know, just to check out the tour of Paisley. And sometimes, you know, and so one of his favorite things to do, you know, would be uh, he'd bring out a basketball and say, hey, y'all want to do, you want to go a little one-on-one? And they'd <laughs> laugh because they didn't know, you know, kind of thing, you know. So, but, and, but he would take them to the hole, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a real prankster, a uh, real hard for people. Um, and uh, he was another one that would pour out his soul just in terms of you know the personal side of him. Uh, he, and like I say, like Roger, he would call at two or three in the morning. Um, unlike now, Roger was very loud spoken. Prince was very soft spoken. But they both had in common. They would always say your full name, uh, Gary Hines. I was thinking about this. What sounds of black is Gary Hines. And uh, <laughs> but we, we would. There were four or five things we would always talk about when he would call. Uh, we would talk about God. We would talk about music, sports, uh, and and beautiful women. Not necessarily yeah. in that order. In that order, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thank you for giving us a little bit more <laughs> glimpse. You know, it is a huge loss, not only to the music industry, but uh, you know, songwriters and just his approach yes. to production, uh, yeah. his uh, proficiency on everything that he picked up, just out of this world. Incredible. Just just uh, absolute genius. Yeah. Well, now let me ask a little bit more about you. We've talked about Sounds of Blackness. We've talked about the, uh, the genres, the spirit of the band, the touring. <laughs> let me ask you about Gary Hines. You've already said that uh, your mom was a singer. Now, did you come from a musical family? What is kind of the upbringing and the journey of Gary Hines? Absolutely. So, so much of that, you know, um, musical upbringing, of course, um, I, I owe uh, to my mom, the late great Doris Hines. I mean, she performed with people like Nat King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, Della Reese, um, you name it, uh, Duke Ellington. Uh, and she toured the world as well, you know, so, so um, she was a, a great artist in her own right. But growing up in Yonkers, New York, there was all that music around us. And then in our neighborhood, Brother Sherry, I mean, you know, there was we were surrounded by um, music uh, of so many ethnicities coming out of the windows on a hot summer night. So you would hear uh, Greek and, and uh, Jewish and Cuban and, and Jamaican, you know, and then on the corner, you know, guys singing doo-wop. I mean, all that was in. And what was on the jukebox? Yeah, I said jukebox. I'm going all the way back to the 60s. You know, all, <laughs> all that music. Um, but but I uh, my formal training, actually, originally, I'm a drummer. 
And so a shout out to uh, the Samuel H. Dow, American Legion Drum Corps, Yonkers, New York. Samuel H. Dow was the first black man to die uh, in World War One from Yonkers, New York. Wow. And uh, so they named the, the Drum Corps after him. And me and my brothers were, were in that drum corps. So uh, brother Johnny Stewart, rest his soul, you know, was a train me and my brothers in as drummers. Uh, and we were in that drum corps. So that's my music background is as a drummer and, and hearing all that multiple, uh, that multi-ethnic music uh, coming up. And then of course being surrounded by uh, in the household, my mom as she practiced her jazz, but then of course uh, at, at uh, Messiah Baptist in Yonkers, you know, there was spirituals, gospel and anthems. We used to sing them all in the church yeah. now. Oh yeah. Was, you know, right, so you'd hear all three. Wow. So what, what uh, made you move uh, full time from drums to uh, keyboards? Uh, you know what? I it, That's a great, great question. It's all across the board, by the way, my brother. Um, I always had a fascination with the keyboard, even just to look at it. It was like it was calling me. It just, it just yeah. like looked inviting. It's like, you know, just a piece, even as a drummer. And then, of course, as you know, you know, piano is, a, is actually a percussion instrument. Correct. Um, and so I, I always had a, uh, a fascination with it. And uh, but didn't really start to um, uh, act on that fascination until uh, my sophomore year in, in high school. Um, and, uh, you know, basically self-taught, but but I would immerse myself and was blessed to, to be um, uh, influenced by some master keyboardists, uh, the late great Reverend uh, Bill Perry, a native of Birmingham, Alabama, um, who uh, was just a monstrous uh, pianist uh, and was playing. Uh, these huge jazz uh, chords, you know, in, in church and, you know, okay. that, that folks weren't ready for. This was in the 60s. <laughs> the stuff that we hear now, you know, he was playing back then. I kid oh. you not. And 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 you talk about uh, folks you know, raised eyebrows and all that. But I came up <laughs> hearing all of that uh, yeah. and, and, and uh, learning, uh, you know, from him quite a bit. Man, I know the uh, uh, this goes back to the 80s, a uh, uh, famous drummer turned pianist. His name is Barry Miles. You may know his music. I think he's back in New York. But, uh, I, you know, he was asked the same question, you know, but he said for him, the drums were too limiting for what he was hearing in his head, you know, and so he oh, was, okay. just became a master keeper. But that's his approach. I just yeah. moved from one percussion instrument to the other, you know. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, I don't recall you singing, at least being a lead singer, on no, uh, any Sounds of Blackness albums. Is that by design or what? That is definitely by design. My singers give me such a bad time. You know, I <laughs> singing is not my gift. You know, I, I can hit a little bit of bass uh, vocal, but that's about it. But I, I teach them their, most of their parts, you know, by singing them to them, you know, audibly kind of thing. And yeah. uh, you know, they, so they remind me all the time that I'm not a singer, <laughs> um, you know, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 uh, let's do let's do a little rapid question and answer here. If you can okay. sum up in one word, these artists whom you work with that I'm, I'm going to give you, uh, give me a one word perspective when I say Stevie Wonder. Genius. <laughs> Quincy Jones. Uh, maestro. Mm, amazing. Michael Jackson. Um, artist. True artist. A little closer to home. 
and Nesby. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> um, extraordinary. <laughs> very, very good. You know, around here, we call her Aretha Franklin Jr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, she is. And, I, and speaking of Anne, and, uh, you know, we remain close to this day and still do projects and so forth, even as she's embarked on her solo career for several years now. But I'm just, I would be remiss if I didn't say, I know she would want me to send love to you, brother. And yeah. so a shout out to Anne and from Anne to you. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. A couple, uh, a couple more. Uh, Elton John. Elton John, brilliant. Luther Vandross. Oh, my goodness. Luther. Um, well, I, I, you know, I know I already, I already said artist, consummate artist, um, entertainer. Mm. Yeah. Enter yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the most fabulous shows that I've ever attended, and I've tried to attend as many as I could, but the most perfect show I've ever seen was a Luther Vandross presentation. Flawless. Uh, bless you, brother. Yeah. Matt Adderley Jr. directing, yes. meticulously directing the band. I've never been to a show like that. We, we were so blessed to tour with Luther for uh, almost uh, half a year uh, in 1991, uh, 92. Um, and uh, it was just absolutely amazing. In fact, it was, uh, it was the Power of Love tour. Mm -hmm. uh, with with Lisa Fisher, shout out to Lisa Fisher yeah. and uh, uh, the great Sinbad, you oh, know, yeah. whole kind of thing. And then uh, Sounds of Blackness uh, would open up at the music end, and then we would all do a big grand finale. And that was just uh, one of the times of our lives. So you know, just um, all the love to the, the memory and legacy of uh, the late great Luther Vandross. Absolutely, absolutely. Miss him, miss him, miss him. Now, I'm sure you've worked with Marcus Miller, and Marcus was oh, yeah, good yeah. friends and uh, producer. Your bass meister, yeah. Yes. And, uh, and you know, we again, so uh, we, we've done some things with Marcus. We've been blessed to, you know, of course, um, you know, here stateside, but then also overseas as well. I think uh, we did something with him as well. Um, I think at the Notting Hill Festival, if I'm not mixing, but again, overseas, and you know, you're backstage, stage, and you're saying, Man, this is great, but how come we ain't doing this at home? You know, <laughs> but they they met. Oh, you know what? It was? I think it was actually the Montreux in in Switzerland. Wow, um, yeah, jazz festival. Yeah, and it's like, man, this is this is awesome. We we were we were backstage, and now check out this. They put together this grand finality. Uh, Brother Claude Nobbs, who's the producer of of uh, Montreux, yeah. um, Isaac Hayes, uh, Olita Adams, mm. uh, Sounds of Blackness, and Little Richard. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. I know, I know. It was, but see, they they don't have that genre hang up. They just thinking like, oh man, how how great would this be to have these artists together and do my grand just impromptu? I mean, this was literally put together like uh, an hour before the the night was about to end. And he says, "Would you guys come and do this?" And and I never we did a, a tribute to the stable saying, "Would you guys do? I'll take you there." You know, said, so, "Sure, we can yeah. do that." So the band's getting it all together and all that, and say, and uh, yeah, so we did that. Wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's amazing. But you're, you're right. There is no hang up on genres. I mean, 70s right, radio. Right, right. When we were growing up, I mean, you would listen to Parliament Funkadelic and then throw on uh, Steely Dan. And then you yes. throw on Fleetwood yes. Mac. And then you would go to Cameo or BT yeah, Express. You know, yep. 
That's amazing. So it I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. I really appreciate your time. Uh, oh, but, my honor, brother. But, but here's a question because you've seen the, the echelons, the higher echelons of the major labels, as well as being on independent labels yourself. And uh, right. so can you, can you guide the young entree musicians through points to look out for if you're being courted by a major label or if you were being courted by the indie, what would be the best foundation to stand upon? Not them being themselves, but being business people to look out for. You need to pay attention to this. You need to regard that. Absolutely, great question, my brother. Um, in terms of the major label side, um, just to, to make sure that, that you do have uh, legal representation, um, and uh, management, uh, experienced management, that you communicate with them. Like our management, uh, Ken Blackwater management, uh, Brent Harris is our manager. Um, uh, and he's out in LA and we're in Minneapolis, but we communicate every day, frequently more than once a day. Mm -hmm. So uh, communication is key and uh, that, that everything is reviewed beforehand and discussed even in rough draft uh, uh, form. Um, yes, reduced to writing, uh, uh, troubleshoot it, and then uh, before it's even a formal, whatever it is, uh, whatever project it is or contract, before it's even a formal document, then you're, you're conversing about it. You know all the different ins and outs of it uh, before it's in its final form, uh, you know, for review. So to, yes. to stay ahead of the game and communication is key. And I would say that would also apply to the, the independent side as well. Um, probably not to as great a degree, but I think the, the, the same... Um, a template would be, would hold true. Yes, yes, that's excellent. Yeah. Now, which season did you enjoy more? Because you've had success on both levels, but which season yeah. do you think you enjoyed more? The major label gives a little more distribution, of course, a little right. bit more radio, but I want you to share with us what you thought was the time where it was the best of both worlds for you. Wow. Um, you know, to be, I always try to answer everything that I'm asked and I hear exactly what you're asking, but each one has had its, and I'm not just trying to be diplomatic here. Sure. Each one has is, is had its, uh, its, its um, uh, strengths and weaknesses. Um, certainly on the major label side, um, uh, with the, with the, with the distribution, uh, and with the access, you know, and, and the, the soundtracks, all those other things, uh, the sponsored tours, um, there's, there's a, a, a level of, of gratification that comes with that. But then on the, on the flip side, on the independent side where those big dollars are not there. Okay. But when you're able to, to break through to radio, uh, to tour, to a soundtrack, whatever, and you've done it pretty much on your own, that's a whole nother level of, of, of satisfaction and gratification and appreciation. So yes, I, I hope you hear you, uh, both sides. I do. I'm getting, yeah. I do. So now, uh, how has streaming impacted, you know, from where it was unit sales, downloads, and now it's just streaming? Has that had a right. major impact on the legacy of Sounds of Blackness? Uh, it, it, yes, and of course, on, on really all artists, uh, you know, that, that have uh, been in the situation, uh, situated as we are, um, it, that, that uh, where physical sales, um, you know, were, were the foundation. Um, at first, uh, you know, definitely a negative impact yes, um, because, uh, you know, in terms of the, the, uh, the buying audience, 
uh, and the demographics in terms of who streams and who doesn't and who's going to still wants to go to the record store, as Prince would say, you know, record kind of thing, record right store. Store, you know, <laughs> um, but 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 now, fortunately, um, it's coming back around where, where um, the streaming and, and the digital end can be uh, and is being uh, uh, considered as a plus as opposed to a minus. That's beautiful. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. Now, let me ask you this, this final question. Well, before I do, let me say this. You and I first hooked up with an email. You were gracious enough to allow us the opportunity to forward a license of Everything's Gonna Be All Right by the great guitarist Eric Tyus down in South Carolina. And uh, I want you to know that in 2020, we will be moving on that radio comp uh, campaign, you wrote an excellent oh. song. So thank you for allowing oh. us the opportunity to do that. Oh, but, my honor, brother. Uh, well, it's, it's absolutely our honor. And I'll just say this, and Eric would want me to say this because his wife was passing away uh, during oh. that time of this recording. And so we utilized her voice and her part of saying, everything's going to be all right. That's one of the hooks that we used as oh, sample of her voice. So in honor of uh, Gene Tyus, who has now transitioned. But yeah. my final question to you, my friend, is... What was the question you wanted me to ask you? You were <laughs> anticipating me to ask you, and I did not. Would you answer that unasked question? Okay. Uh, let's see. And you, and you are so thorough and professional in your presentation, brother, that you, you put me on the spot. Let's see. I would maybe say um, what Sounds of Blackness' current focus is. Um, and, and the answer to that would be um, our current single with Jam and Lewis called Till I Found You, mm. featuring, of course, uh, none other than Ann Nesby and the <laughs> late great Big Jim Wright. Um, yes, Big Jim, Big Jim. Yes, just so shout out to the memory of Big Jim. Yes. Um, but yes, so that, we are so blessed, brother, because uh, Sounds of Blackness is because uh, that single is the first single released from the forthcoming Jam and Lewis uh, compilation CD called Jam and Lewis Volume One, which is yeah. going to have uh, recordings from all the different artists they work with. I mean, uh, everything, uh, Babyface, Mariah Carey, Jennifer Hudson, Earth, Wind, and Fire, I mean, boys to men, all were on there. And, and Sounds of Blackness is the first release. So even to be a part of that is, is, yeah. is an honor and a blessing. But to be the first is, is just um, really, um, I don't know, a tribute to us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is to be the first uh, artist that they signed. And then when the compilation comes out, to be the first single from that is a huge tribute to you. And you deserve it. And listen, let me tell you something. My nose is brown enough. I don't have to say anything I don't mean. I, I can tell you there were times that the Sounds of Blackness music, the lyrics, the content, the presentation, brought me and those that I've worked with and those in my family through some terrible times. When you say, you know what, everything's going to be all right. When you say, I believe, you know, when you say, no matter what it takes, I'm going to make it. I'm going all the way. All I mean, the way. these are anthems. These, they get in your spirit. So thank you for writing music that remains. Your music is not just locked in the 90s, brother. It's not. Oh, it lives you. today and it will live tomorrow. So God bless you, man. And thank you for allowing Holy Spirit to use you in such a way where your impact is worldwide. 
Oh, bless you, brother. I just give all glory and praise and thanks to God, you know, uh, who makes it all possible. I ain't got a whole lot of sense, but I got enough to know that. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate you. I hope those of you who are watching and listening could hear the depth of spirit in this brother's voice. I'm telling you, if you don't know anything about Sounds of Blackness, you definitely have a history. You can go back on YouTube. You can go on Spotify. You can get their music and let it marinate in your spirit like it has in mine. This is the great, great Gary D. Hines, producer, writer, arranger, entree musician of the eminent Sounds of Blackness. God bless him for his experience. Thank you so much for being on our, our, our podcast today. Thank you and God bless you, my brother. Thank you. My name is Jerry B. That's Gary Hines. We are entree musicians and so are you. We will definitely see you next time. Peace. Peace. Well, that was it. What did I tell you? Uh, great guy. You can just hear his spirit. You can hear his enthusiasm. And you can hear his humbleness as he has toured the world with all of these stellar artists. And he is still uh, right at ground zero. I mean, you know, wonderful heart. I enjoyed myself very much. I trust you enjoyed it as well. Uh, what I am going to ask you to do, of course, here at this point is to please subscribe if you have not done so, uh, whatever channel you're listening to this podcast on, and please rate it and spread the word. Tell as many people as you know, tell seven people you don't that we are building community here at the Entree Musician. If you should have any questions or want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at the Entree Musician at gmail.com or you can text me directly at 330 330- 718-J-E-R-E. That's 718-Jerry, area code 330. I do uh, return my email and my text. I'm also asking that you go to the entremusician.com and there you can uh, kick the tires, uh, read some of the wonderful articles that we have up, uh, avail yourself to some of the resources, and of course, add your name to the growing list of Entree Musicians. We're also asking that as you are kicking the tires over there, if you, you know, can just hit the tip jar and donate uh, anything, uh, it does help us to build community. And we're working on things this year, 2020. We are going to be doing seminars and and webinars and uh, we just have a lot of different things in design. So. As we are building those things, we're asking if you can donate whatever you can donate. Uh, please do so at the tip jar at the entremusician.com. So thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. My name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician and so are you. We will check you out again next Monday. God bless. <laughs>